Hello, folks. This is your host, Tammy Tucky, and you are now listening to the Tierra Talk Show. We bring you rare interviews with the makers of Disney magic. Whether they be singers, actors, imagineers, animators, they have all made their mark on the Disney name. Be sure to check out the show notes, other episodes, contests, our social media pages from Facebook to Twitter, and more on our official website at www.thetierratalkshow.com. Are you looking to plan and book an upcoming Disney vacation? Contact the Tierra Talk Show's official travel agent, James from Destinations in Florida, by visiting destinationsinflorida.com backslash tiara for a free quote. The link is also included in the show notes on our website. All guest opinions are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the opinions of the Tierra Talk Show or the host. The Tierra Talk Show is not associated with the Disney Company. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. And from all of us here at the Tierra Talk Show, have a hoop de doo day. I'm excited to welcome this week's Tierra Talk Show guests, the voice of Disneyland, Bill Rogers, and his wife, the voice of Disneyland's California Adventure, Camille Dixon. Welcome to the show, you two. Hi, Tammy. We're happy to be here. Definitely. How's everything in Tierra Land? Oh, it's it, it's magical. I'm very excited because D23 is around the corner, and I got to meet both of you at the last D23 Expo in California about, I think it's two years now. It's been yeah, way it too long. Two years in August. Yes. Which, yes. Is, which is really crazy, but we'll get to that in a quick second. But I first wanted to start out with both of your beginnings in the voiceover business. Actually, it was uh, it's pretty much the same story for the both of us it's just different locations we got started in college radio doing classical music announcing cammy got farther into it than i did and we'll we'll discuss that in just a few minutes i wanted to be a rock and roll disc jockey and uh, at the time i was living in los angeles if you want to if you want to be a rock and roll disc jockey in los angeles you've got to start out in the east so uh, i've went to a whole bunch of radio stations in, in the east and uh, finally decided that I didn't want to be a disc jockey. After all, I just wanted to do commercials. And so there's only one place in the world to do commercials as far as I'm concerned, and that's Los Angeles. So here I am. And as Bill said, I started out in classical music radio, and I stayed in it for 10 years as an announcer and producer, and then went from there to television and from there to just freelance voiceover work. So it's it's been an interesting progression. Just an amazing power couple here in voiceover business. <laughs> I just love it. So Bill, you started working for Disney in around 1991, if I'm not mistaken, or? Correct. It was, uh, it was one of those uh, things where right place, right time, right friends. Um, and it, it, what it boiled down to is that, and I tell the story quite often, the, the lady who actually recommended me to the person who was uh, looking for a new voice for the park. Uh, she and I had been uh, acquainted previously. We were in a situation where once upon a time in the late eight, late eight, 1980s, hello, the late 1980s, she said to me, uh, one of these days I'll be able to do something as nice for you as you have done for, for us, uh, speaking of herself and her husband. And I said, you know, that's lovely. So she called in 1991, said that uh, she had uh, moved on. And would I be interested in coming to meet the new audio uh, recording guy that they had at the, at the video house? And I said, sure. So came over and um, 
we we chatted about all the fancy new digital equipment, which at the time was a really big deal. And then he said something about uh, whether or not I knew Jack Wagner. And I said, well, I, I've never met the man, but he's my hero. And, he's, and he said, well, what do you mean? I said, the past uh, five or six years, I've spent at least uh, one day a week at Disneyland trying to figure out uh, the... Uh, the whys and the wherefores of Jack's uh, uh, spiel. He is, uh, he's, he's first of all, this grandfatherly figure who, who manages to exude all of the fun that is a Disney park. Uh, next, he is an authoritarian because when things happen and, and they need to be brought, uh, brought out, uh, Jack was the one who could, he had that stern voice that would, would bring it forward. But for the most part, it, you know, when he spoke, you just kind of understood that this was the guy who, who had all the answers. And then on top of that, he was, uh, he was a, a bit of a carnival barker. So uh, there was this, this circus-like atmosphere uh, of, of fun, and, and it's always something going on. And, and Jack was the one who brought all of that to the fore. Now, he was, he was my predecessor. And um, that was the reason he was my hero. Fellow says, well, I'd like you to read this. And it was the, the lights out thing for the Main Street Electrical Parade, which played about 10 minutes beforehand, which says, the lights around Disneyland are about to dim. Please remain in the same place until the lights return to normal. But now get ready to experience the fun and the glamour that is the Main Street Electrical Parade. And I said, what do you think? He says, come on out. He said, I was in the recording booth at the time. He says, come out. I said, what? He says, I don't make the final decision, but by Thursday, you'll know you're the new voice of Disneyland. Jack's retiring. I think the thing about that that's so incredible is, well, there's several things, but first of all, that he didn't even know he was auditioning. And in some ways, you wonder if that's a better situation because he was not nervous at all, just kind of one of those cool, oh, sure, yeah, I'll step in there and read. You know, that that tells me that he didn't need any prior rehearsal or practice for that audition. He was ready because he'd been putting in the work for months and years already to be at the right place. So I think that's an important I did, lesson to keep in I, mind. I, I did walk out of that, quote, audition about four feet off the floor, uh, yes. walking on clouds as I, as I left. And, <laughs> And the lady who had introduced the two of us said, well, did you get it? And I said, yeah. And that was uh, pretty much uh, the, the beginning of what's been an, a really incredible almost 25 years. Well, it's a great point that you make, Camille, because um, a lot of people tweet a lot of voiceover artists on Twitter. I see this all the time. You know, they always, you know, they always ask, how do you get these jobs, these bookings? Because from what I've been told several times, you know, usually the celebrities get first call with these voiceover bookings. It's a very difficult industry. So how do you work through practicing for a voiceover gig? You know, that all depends on what it is. Obviously, if it's a character with an accent, that's something that we keep working on those all the time. We both do some kind of silly voices and accents, mostly as a real caricature. You know, like I couldn't pass for a real French person or German or Italian or someone who speaks Spanish, you know, but but we do 
kind of practice those sorts of things. And they're kind of specific characters. But we've often said that the voices that we do in the Disney parks are a character of sorts. And like Bill was describing, that voice of the Disneyland announcer is part grandfather, part, you know, warm and part carnival barker with the excitement of you know, come on in, folks, and see this amazing thing that we've got for you, um, part authoritarian, so that, you know, when you hear that voice, you know that what he has to say is true, and you need to listen, especially if it's an emergency situation. And mine at California Adventure is more of, I, I refer to that character as mom. And so there, I try to bring in the warmth and the security and the, but the, you know, little hint of a smile that, you know, mom has to offer when she's telling you about something really, really cool that you're going to get to do. And I love that because it was my first time going to Disneyland and Disney's California Adventure. And to hear both of your voices in, in the parks, it was just a warm welcome to me. The feeling of walking down Main Street or walking into Disney's California Adventure and then getting that wonderful warm welcome. And I was wondering, Bill, did you ever get a chance to meet Jack Wagner here, whether or not he had heard your recordings being the new voice of Disneyland? Unfortunately, Jack passed before we had a chance to meet, but uh, his son, Mike, who has an amazing voice as well, and I always, I always fear that one of these days, Mike will tire of selling real estate and, uh, and decide he wants my job back. You know? uh, <laughs> but uh, Mike, Mike and I have, have become uh, acquaintances who, who enjoy each other's company, and I, and I have to tell you that uh, he, he paid me a great compliment. He said, you know, uh, I, I never, I never think seriously about coming back to Disneyland simply because you've taken over from my dad, like nobody else could. It says your gig now. And that's, that's the thing that's so important. And now coming back to D23 Expo, I love that they have a whole portion, a whole hour and a half hour dedicated to the voices of the Disney theme parks because we don't really get to hear from you guys a lot. And and both of you got to be on the panel last year for the voices of the Disney theme parks, which I thought was it was so much fun, plenty of laughs. So when you guys get to meet people after this panel, what is that like for that interaction that usually doesn't really occur unless the person really knows you know, your backstory and, and what you've done for the Disney company. That's, that's been so much fun at all of the expos from it the very, is. from the yeah. very first one, obviously I, I, I was only doing little minor things, you know, a little bit of fill in work for California adventure. And so I wasn't, you know, the official announcer yet when the first expo occurred, but Bill certainly was, and he was there announcing all of the events at the expo. And um, because there were so many fans who were interested and, you know, would come up to him and ask for voicemail greetings and things of that nature. And, uh, you know, it just that and Brian Nevsky from Imagineering decided to put together this wonderful panel because it was something different that no one had even thought of before. No, no. He's done just a beautiful job the last couple of years. So to get to meet fans and, and now they, they start to recognize Bill, especially, and that's, that's an incredible experience. It, it, it's a very humbling experience. Very, very humbling. And, you know, be, there is, there's a huge amount of anonymity in everything that we do simply because we are the, we are just voices. We are disembodied. Nobody shows up to, for the most part and, and, and does these things. Uh, but at the same time, the, the, the whole idea behind what it is that we do is, is bring, bring home the Disney brand. 
I mean, you know, I'd like to be able to think that that I thought all of this up and that it's my my doing to, you know, to, <laughs> to be the voice of Disneyland. But the, the simple fact of the matter is that what we are is we are brand ambassadors. Our job here is to to tell people how much fun they're having. It's that simple. And uh, as long as we can continue to do that and feel good about it, that's that's all there is to it. I, I love that response because I feel like there are some people, you know, one, one of the things I love about voiceovers is they, they really do take you to a certain place in time when you remember hearing them when you were younger or, you know, hearing them in a specific moment. And I was wondering, with any of the Disneyland or Disney World attractions, any of the ones from around the world, has there ever been one moment in mind saying, you know, it, it would have been fun to have been the voice of this attraction, even for a day? That is a really good question. I have a, have a quickie answer for that because from time to time, when we've had really great actors who have lost their voice, for instance, during the Christmas parades, I get to be the fill-in Santa because it's my voice that, that, uh, that fills in for a very hoarse actor who is actually sitting up there being, you know, Father Christmas, as it were, uh, and in the Christmas parade. In, in the Christmas parade, yeah. So uh, I, I get a chance to do that once in a blue moon, and uh, and and I think the the most fun for me is uh, Small World Holiday, where way 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 in the back, amongst all those little dolls, there is a a wonderful silhouette of Santa making out his list. I get to I get to voice Santa's wish list there. <laughs> So you, you've pretty much gotten to do yeah, all of the I, 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 the I've gotten to do all the things I wanted to do. I think that's you know, <laughs> it's a great question. And thank you for giving me the I, chance to say that. <laughs> I, I think that if there was one that I that I could have done, you know, to go back in time, it would I think Madame Leota would have been kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that. that, that been, Wouldn't she have been a great Madame Leota? Absolutely. Or Little Leota, too. Because <laughs> they kind of classify as, as as two different ones. But they do have two different voices on there, too. But, what, boy, we're having so much fun doing what we're doing. We hadn't, yeah. haven't given a whole lot of thought to doing other jobs. So I love that question, though. So you, here's the other thing. that Every once in a while, you get a chance to be uh, be around some of the people who do create the attraction voices. And and my hero has always been, when it comes to attraction voices, the, the great grand master of them all, Corey Burton. Oh, yeah. Um, he's fantastic. Oh, he's just amazing. <laughs> and, and the fun part about Corey is the fact that he is truly uh, immersed in the thing that he's doing at the time. You know, his uh, Haunted Mansion holiday is just genius. Oh, yeah. It is just genius. And, you know, he, he stacks it all up to the fact that they manage to put on some kind of filter and he gets to be the ghost host only because somebody else did all the little knob turning and this and that. And it's such a lie. He, Corey, he's I so, know you better than that. He's so humble and, <laughs> yeah. and wonderful and, and gives all the credit to the, the technical side of things. But they and they do. They are. They, it's a wonderful team effort, but they have to have something magnificent to work with which of course he gives them every time what is he ever you know back to the to the expo and the voices in the parks panel when i was on this last one i got to sit by Corey, and so as we were each reading through our scripts um i i was watching the words on the page that he was holding in his hand and i was hearing the way he delivered it and i was stunned because 
not that I would ever read the role of a pirate, but I would never have thought to interpret it in that, in that way. It was just everything he did was perfect. It was spot on. It was brilliant. And, and it was so cool for me to read the words and to hear them coming out so beautifully and just oh, amazing. Yeah. And then, of course, on my left was sitting the love of my life who does what he does so well and has been a great <laughs> teacher and coach and champion. And so I'm very lucky. You guys are so cute. I love it. Now, what, what Disney power couple would you guys like to be in an animated film? If you could be Sleeping oh, Beauty and Prince wow. Prince Philip. Well, we'll X-name Mickey and Minnie on that part because everybody yeah. usually everybody usually selects them. But <laughs> that's right. That's right. We have to we have to be a little more. I think I want to uh, be crazy. Donald and Go- no, I want her to be <laughs> Daisy? Donald, Daisy or yeah, Daisy and Donald. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, no, I, that's a that's quite a question. You know, I would say because I don't I don't think of us as being you know the, she could be Belle and I could be the Beast. Yeah, but yeah. I'm, I'm thinking... only when my filter's off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because we're just kind of regular people. I'm yeah. thinking Anna and Kristoff. That would be, I think that would be, you know, because, you know, they get to do all the cool stuff, but they still kind of have their freedom because they're not, you know. Really, you know, I'm a little bit farther away from Kristoff. I'm closer to Sven. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Well, now we'll go into some more fun Disney questions. I call them the Fab Three. So they're the Donald, Goofy, Mickey questions I asked all my guests. So we'll start with the Donald one, since we mentioned Donald. So as a child, what Disney films would each of you like to watch over and over again? For me, it was Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty. And I, they were, they were tied. So, you know, that was... But of course, back in my day, we didn't have the VHS, you know, and you just had to wait for those laser discs. That's right. I still have my laser disc of Cinderella. (laughs) Oh, my. Oh, my. Yeah. That's awesome. I grew up, I grew up literally watching World of Color. And believe it or not, I actually saw the very first season of television that Walt ever put together called Disneyland. But I have to, I have to tell you that I had two wannabes. I wanted to be either Spin or Marty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I, because, you know, hey, they got to ride horses and wear cowboy hats all the time. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and then um, I, do you, I don't know whether, well, I'm sure most of your fans will remember Third Man on the Mountain. I always mm-hmm, thought yes. that James MacArthur, yeah that, was a good uh, yeah, that was incredible. That was just incredible. I, I never, Never cottoned to mountain climbing after the first time I tried it, but it, you know. <laughs> but the movie made it look the really movie, cool. Yeah, it did. It did. Dangerous but cool. Dangerous but cool. Yep. Mm-hmm. I love that. Awesome. And now our goofy question: What Disney character do you think would be your best friend if you met them in person? Oh wow! Believe it or not, it's Goofy. I like it. <laughs> I think you know that, that I realize. <laughs> understand that that the voice of Goofy. Uh, Bill Farmer and I are are good friends, and and the goof the goof actually embodies most of the silliness that goes on in my brain most of the time. I mean, it, I you know, uh, Bill and I have been friends for so long; it's, it just it goes back way too far. But the point is that the goof the goof is one of those people who uh, takes nothing truly seriously, except for Max. We know that. And, um, and, but at the same time, he's always ready and willing to try anything new. 
So let's see if we can get the, you know, our athlete to try and do the pole vault, you know. <laughs> I love those old cartoons that he was always aren't they? In. Aren't they amazing? Yeah. You know, I I know this is this seems like such an easy answer, but I I really think that Minnie would be cool because she's sweet, but she's also no nonsense. She has no problem, you know, calling Mickey on some, you know, kind of saying, "Are you sure about that?" You know, and that that kind of thing. <laughs> I like people who are practical but also kind. Yeah, great, and great I, answer. I see that in Minnie. I love Minnie. She's she's fantastic too. I think that her and Mickey need to get married at some point. <laughs> right? Yeah, they've been together for eighty years now. <laughs> uh, yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of Minnie, our Mickey question: If I asked you to name any Disney song at this very moment, what immediately comes to mind? When you wish upon a star. Well, there's that, but the um, the or for some reason, and I don't even know. I think there's a title for it, but I don't know what it is. But it's that little organ sound that uh, you know that, that's in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. It's the, the the song that the dwarves play when they're just you know after they get home. Sure. Oh, the Swiss polka. Yeah. Is that what that is? Yeah, that's the uh, Swiss polka from Swiss Family Robinson, right? That was in the Treehouse. Well, they play it, that it, all the time. <laughs> that's the same thing. Yeah, but it's it's also, does it? I think it exists in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Oh, hum, the tune is yeah. dumb. The words that's don't mean it. it. Yeah, that's it. That's, yeah. <laughs> cool. Wow. We're impressed. We, we bow are. to you. <laughs> no, oh, I haven't seen it in so they... long. I just I just remember watching my VHS tapes and laser discs. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you both so much for coming on the show. I want to let listeners know that they can view both of your websites and resumes and all these other audio clips you have on the websites. Uh, so first, you can visit Bill's website at BillRogers.LA. Then you can view Camille's website at www.CamilleDixon.com. Oh, I can't wait to see you guys at the d23 expo that's coming out this year i I'm, i'll be there <laughs> you'll know where to find us yes you will it will be a lot of fun well thank you guys again for coming on the show and uh we'll just walk down the middle of main street out of this interview <laughs> great love it Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, in just 15 minutes, the Pixar Play Parade will flow its way through Disney California Adventure. 